welcome to the solution where Vicky Semler, my beautiful guest, my uh, let's see, my industry titan, my my uh, star. I want to say starlight, star like I, I don't know what to call you, my my shining star, right from the Seabock team. Welcome aboard, Vicky. Thank you. It's great to be here. Right. So she's here on the solution to, where we put the consumer first. Obviously, Phil's better at the intro than I am, but we're sponsored by Agent Truth. And Agent Truth is going through a makeover. There's lots to come that I will uh, tell you more about in the future. But today we're gonna we're gonna find out what item number five is from Vicky Semler. So Vicky did a little over eleven million. What is that your best year ever, Vicky? It is awesome. Congratulations. So uh, we're gonna dive into Vicky's history, and then she's gonna give us the fifth item that we should be focusing on in 22 if we want to give our business a boost. We'll review the five when we get there. But first, Vicki, tell us about Vicki Semler. <laughs> well, um, I grew up on the East Coast. Uh, I moved here in 95 and I got into real estate in 2004. And um, prior to that, I was a high school teacher. I worked in um, Manhattan, uh, selling French children's clothing to boutiques and and uh, so you had a little bit of customer service I there, customer, right? Yes. Well, it was I worked I sold to the stores, so uh, yes, the, you had to have relationships and um, you had to have a good product for them too. But uh, uh, it was it was challenging because very expensive children's clothing I sold. Yes. So um, so then, what made you get into teaching? Well, I was a teacher first. Oh, you were a teacher first. Yes. Okay, all right. So I taught. So what made school. you get out of teaching? I never really wanted to teach high school. <laughs> I love the kids. Okay, wait. What What did you teach in high school? <laughs> I taught home economics. I loved home economics. Foods, nutrition, uh, money management. Money management. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they actually. My kids just graduated, and that was something that I yeah. don't think they got. They don't. Like, they, did they take it out of school after you yes, left? Yes, they took a lot out. Wow. That was a long time ago. Okay. So, so you decided teaching wasn't the thing for you, and you get into selling high-end? Children's clothing. Children's clothing. Uh, I represented the manufacturer. Okay. So I sold to uh, the stores. For me, with this kind of product, it was mostly boutiques okay, so, all over the country. Did you get a lot of sales training there? Um, no, I really didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just kind of... Got thrown into it. Well, things were different maybe, <laughs> yes. you know, 20 years ago, yes. right? Like, so, uh -huh. okay, awesome. All right. So you're selling high-end children's clothing, and then you decide, because you were working in the city in New York City at that time? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then you and Art? Well, yeah, I, I started having children, so I stopped working, and then we moved out here to Arizona because he got a great job opportunity. What year was that? Uh 95. 95? And had you sold a house or even, had you owned a house even by 95? Oh, yeah. We owned, we owned, uh, had owned two homes in um, New Jersey. We bought one. It was a two-family. What's a two-family? Uh, two, two families could live in the house. It was two separate. It was like two apartments in the house. Oh, okay. Okay. So we bought that. We rented the upstairs. 
and we had the downstairs and the and the basement level. And um, when we so you were an early real estate investor. Exactly. Okay, good deal. And when we bought our second house, we kept that, and we had that rented until uh, two thousand and one. Wow. So and then uh, we sold that. We used that money to buy homes here in. Um, Arizona for our kids to live in during college. Okay, so how old? So you're you're mostly a homemaker. I don't know what the title was well, for, when you moved out to, to Arizona. Yeah. And did you get a job in real estate then right away? Or no, I I I had I had like elementary to high school kids during that time, and um, they kept me quite busy. Oh, I got really involved in the school. How many kids did you have? I have three. Three. Right, so super busy. Yeah, super. Like busy. with three kids, you're super busy. Yeah, super I mean, busy. especially elementary, high school, driving him all over. I'm sure you were a super mom. Yeah. All right, yeah. good deal. Sports. All right. So then, when do you make the decision to get into real estate? So, in 2004. Okay. My my husband's job had gotten to the point where, oh, it was. We he we needed to get him out of there. Okay. So we needed to get out of that corporate world. And so we actually took a rich dad, poor dad um, class. The Robert Kiyosaki? Yep. yep. A, a mentoring class. Well, that was about that. I mean, he was blowing up back then, right? Up. After yep. 2000, like he wrote the book and he yep. was off. And that's so funny. So we took his class. On investing more in real estate because you had some success. So you yeah. you just like, if I learn the system, we'll take off. Yeah. Okay. So he taught us about uh, buying businesses and, and real estate housing. And so uh, I decided to go get my license and I got my license and I, I loved the classes and learning all about that. And we, and we were about to buy a business and Art just said, no, we can't do that. So it was, you know, we had to our, put our house up for collateral and everything else. He said, why don't I just get my license and we'll do real estate together. Nice. And I said, perfect. So uh, in 2004, we both got into to real estate. Awesome. Good deal. And then, so fast forward 19 years later, any regrets? None. None? None. None? So I guess the... Uh, so how many years, this is an oddball question I would never ask you, but I like, you know, of course, to embarrass people. So how many years did you, selling real estate, did you make more than your spouse in that? Like, well, no, because what they don't know, because we don't, we can't get into too much of your history, yeah. but so Art, after the downturn, right, it was harder. You stayed in real estate, but Art went out and got a job just because yes. I mean, when in in the in the valley, for those that don't know, in two thousand eight, we went from a hundred thousand sales down to to fifty thousand sales, yeah. and you we needed to make money, yeah, right? We, like we had a couple of years, we didn't make any money, right? Yeah. So um, so he went back to his old industry, and um, I stayed in real estate, and in two thousand and twelve, it started to pick back up. Okay, so what? When did you start to outpace him with your income? Shortly after. Shortly after. So somewhere <laughs> between thirteen yeah. or fourteen. Yeah. No, but yeah. I mean, well, because we're trying to highlight the the great Seabock team yeah. women, which you are <laughs> one of them. And when you're the breadwinner, and not to say that you're Art's a super great guy, I was yeah. just pointing out that this can be a great, successful career, and you can make six yeah. figures year after year after year and support your family as you did. That's all I was trying to and say. To be quite honest, 
where where my salary really jumped was after I joined the team. Oh well, thank you. So okay, because then I I I felt the pressure on me. Well, <laughs> to to work harder. <laughs> you know, well, I think that uh, we'll chalk it up to accountability, yeah. right? Because when you start compare, which is the benefit of joining a team. Yes. Because then you're in a more of a family-ish environment. You have close ties, but then it, it kind of gives you the accountability of other people that are very, because yeah. when you look across the room and you're like, they're selling a little more and I'm better than them, right? Like you can't, like that automatic, yeah, it yes. does motivate you. So awesome. All right, good deal. So uh, as we're trying to adopt a new timeline, we're trying to keep the video shorter. We're going to jump right into okay. the, the, all right. So what we were looking for was the top five things in two, 2022 that people could do. So we brought you in to do it. Give us the last one. We'll have you again. But so number one was, um, having a mentor, do you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, I did have a mentor. The agent that sold me my house in Arizona, actually two of my homes in Arizona, actually three of my homes in Arizona, because we bought two homes for our kids in college. And um, she was really my mentor. Awesome. She uh, encouraged me, gave me a lot of tips, um, and she was a great agent. Good deal. All right. So Sharon also made, so number two was flexibility. What do you think of Sharon's comment about how important flexibility is, Vicki? 100%. Um, it's, it's a hard job. I don't think people realize how demanding it is. And uh, you need to be able to, um, to pick up and go whenever uh, you have that opportunity because it might not come around a second time. And so, um, you take phone calls. I answer my phone like pretty late in the day. You're great at answering the and, phone. And it, if I'm not sure who it is, I might let it go to a voicemail and then or text them back instead of talking on the phone yes. to see what it is. But I I respond right away to everyone. Well, I would happen to say that that was Kimberly's first one, but it was number three, and that was procrastination <laughs> of being all over it, right? Yeah. So how about number four, drink the Kool-Aid? Is there anything that you would say that you could contribute to, you know, actually, I think because you said about joining a team, it's kind of you yeah. learn lots of new concepts. But what does drinking the Kool-Aid mean to you? Yeah, I, and I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, uh, when I first joined the team, we talked about uh, videoing, going to homes and videoing them for the clients and going over the the pros and the cons of each house. And that won me clients. Right. So because... During a during a a market that was in favor of the buyers, you actually had to work harder to get them to look at houses. Where now yes. it's in favor of the sellers. It's just the complete opposite yes. of when we first met each other. Yeah, yes. or not met each other, but yes. joined together yeah. as a force. Yeah. So no, I, um, I think I think you have. There's always a certain amount of new things you have to learn, just because the market's always changing. Right. So you have to be flexible enough to learn new things. Um, and but then there's a lot of but then seeing them through is I think where you were headed. Yes, yes. So um, uh, I I don't know. There's a lot a lot that can well, be said about drinking the Kool Aid, and um, definitely is something that we all have to do to an extent and to see what works for us. Yeah, meaning following the path of someone else that has done it successfully. Mm -hmm. It may not be what you want it 
you know, the task isn't always what you would have done. Yeah. But it's like you got to believe people that are doing it and doing it well in this business because obviously they're making it work. Yes. So, all right. They used to say, don't reinvent the wheel. Okay. So, Vicki, let's say you give us number five. And I think the hardest part is being number five. Right, because all the good choices are going through four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right, so what are we missing though? There's something on there that we think we're missing. What do you think is if, if someone's going to try and kickstart their 2002 and it's not having the best year ever? What what do you what would you add? I, I would say um, grit marketing. Okay. Um, and why what, do you call it grit marketing? Well, because it's down to basics. It's um, it's the stuff you have. You have to physically do it yourself. It's not all the internet stuff. It's not all, um, you know, there's, there's Facebook and there's Instagram and all those things, but, um, th that's, they can be challenging and it depends on your sphere. And, you know, if you don't have a lot of people locally, uh, that can be hard. So you have to figure out how to build a sphere. Okay. So let's first talk about the things that you originally did with grit marketing and then to kind of give them anything that you've changed recently to get a better effect out of your grit marketing? Because sometimes you start doing marketing things and they don't get the desired results. And you tell us about that. So what did you do when you started in the business, when you were a new agent? Tell us about what you learned. You know, what kind of grit marketing did you do? Okay, so we didn't have a big sphere. We didn't have any family out here. Um, oh, wait, hold on. You moved from New Jersey yes. or Pennsylvania, right? Like you moved from New Jersey out here, didn't know, like none of your people from. So when you say no. not a big sphere, you're talking maybe under 50 people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we knew people from the high school, but we we were big socializers and stuff. So we-, we Like match of our audience. So sometimes yes. you're more, because I, I, would you consider yourself an extrovert or an in introvert? Well, I- I'm an extrovert when I'm in a social setting, but otherwise I'm an introvert. I'm yeah, nobody's like Phil Sexton. Yeah. You go out and just talk to strangers and yeah. that. Like yeah. I'm the, the funny thing is I'm the same way. When you put me in a setting, I'm good, but I'm just not going to walk into Starbucks and yeah. start introducing myself to people. Yeah. We would go to, um, uh, what do they call that? The um, When you go to meet people. What is what networking groups? Networking. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, see well, that was that was the that was the beginning yeah. of marketing and how it spread. There wasn't yeah. the internet, so you often had to yeah. do a different types of activities. Well, we would go there and we talk to each other. We didn't talk to anybody else. <laughs> we finally stopped going. We realized they didn't do us any good. <laughs> Why weren't they coming up to us and introducing themselves? Okay. So then what did you do to meet people in the beginning? So um, another agent that was doing very well suggested that we do a farm. And he suggested... How do you define a farm? Well, he defined it as a... Um, he said, pick a subdivision. Pick a big subdivision and start mailing uh, mailing post. Did he say like make it close to your house or? He didn't did he... give us that much information. Okay, he just said, <laughs> he just said pick us up. Pick us up division. So roughly five hundred to three thousand homes anywhere yeah. in that size and yes. start mailing them. So we started mailing and. What kind of mail? Um, well, we didn't have a lot of money to invest in it, so we would make our own postcards. So did you do the eight by eleven? Did you do the five by eight, what? or did you do the three and a half? No, we didn't do the small ones. Okay, we did the bigger five ones. Five and a half by eight, yes. or whatever. Eight five by yeah, eight and a half, five by whatever. seven, whatever they were. Yeah. And so we did those. Um, I would I would take uh, stuff off of Scottsdale uh, website. 
so that that said, you know, our classes they were offering for free classes on gardening, on things like that. I would just find whatever information I could and put it on these postcards because we were doing at least two a week. Awesome. So, wow. You were mailing yeah. two. Well, no, we were doing, we started every week, once a week. Or, you mailed postcards once a week to strangers in a subdivision. Yes. And then we slowly eased off. So it was once every two weeks, once every three weeks. Because it was so successful, up. you could back it down? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was never successful. We got one phone call. Uh -huh. We even did their um, their like event where we bought a little booth and made frisbees and handed them out and okay we still right. couldn't get it okay all right so then you got smarter and you gave up postcards and you went to what else kind of great marketing so we decided we needed to see people face to face because these people didn't know us right. you're mailing them you never get to see them they, they yeah. you, you got yeah an amazing personality you and art and no one's not meeting us so obviously that must be the problem yeah so okay then, so we started uh taking flyers with market information and different things. And we were walking the neighborhood, our neighborhood, okay, but the neighborhoods around quite cheap, right? Because obviously, because farming, we weren't making postcards. Yeah, you're spending yeah. money, no income. We spent a lot I mean, of Mar money. Mar Mar Art, uh, I know he's got an accounting background. He could have <laughs> liked it that very much, no, right? Okay. No. So we walked the neighborhood and we tried to talk to as many people as we could, put flyers in the doors, and we started getting some success with that. Because you were, and that's why we call it grit marketing, yes. is it's not until you get face to face, you're mm -hmm. not really marketing. Well, you, you're actually marketing, but it's not being successful. Because the goal of marketing is to meet people. So you were like, let me just take this in my own hands. And, yes. and uh, all right. So what other kind of, is there any other types of grit marketing that you? Well, we did a lot of open houses. I mean, that really helped us in the beginning. That was my first sale ever. Well, I think it's the, now it's prospect. Essentially, it solves prospecting because people just walk into you and then you it's yeah. whether you can see, am I going to like this or not real yeah. estate, right? Yeah. So so we did a lot of open houses. Um, we And I phone calls. Phone calls constantly to my sphere. Um, you know, back then, we weren't doing as much emails. We didn't have everybody's emails. So, um, and definitely not text messages. So, uh, so it was mostly things like open house flyers, walking the neighborhood. Awesome. Constantly talking to our clients, asking them for referrals. Okay. So let's try and right size that for today. So it, it, what did you learn now that if you're recommending someone to get after it today, what would you change or what would you do the same thing you tell us? Like, I would, I would start with my sphere. I wouldn't, I wouldn't start with the strangers. I would start with my sphere. Why? Uh, because they already know you and they, they, but aren't they going to call me anyway? Never. <laughs> what? They'll disappoint you every time, every time. So, you know, maybe because if you rely on them to call you, they don't, they don't. I mean, yes, there's a handful that will, that will, but you know, sometimes people are leery about working with somebody they know. And, um, so you have to show them that you know what you're doing and you, you they, you know, How do you show them that, to, that you know what you're doing? Well, uh, by talking about your past sales. That always helps. So first sell a house, then like, <laughs> like with a chicken and egg here, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah, that sign helps, right? And oh, I like to call it sign equity, yes. right? Like we do, like the only thing in real estate that for sure tells someone else that you're 
you're going to last in the business is your name on a sign. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you just promote that about yourself. Um, you talk about the market. Uh, I joined in, I was very lucky. My subdivision had a Bunko group. And I got really involved in that. Well, I call that sphere expansion, yes. right? Like you, like you, you got to do. But you're talking about grit marketing. That yeah. is, you physically get out to meet the neighbors at a bunco group. Go on. And they would all start asking me about the market. Now there was another realtor in the group, but they never oh, asked. Right. Right. And but I got on the HOA also. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was sourced. Or, or, uh, uh, expansion activity of right. getting to know more people. Mm-hmm. So in your subdivision, joining yeah. HOA, great job. And they come to me for information on the HOA. I've been off the board for years now. They still come to me asking me questions about the board. And um, so I, you know, I think they see if you're involved, if you're willing to step up with certain things. And, and when I go to my Bunko groups, I always have all the sales around the area, what was going on. So they were, would always ask. So if they thought you were knowledgeable, that really helped. And it, it, I started getting more and more referrals. And I got a lot of my neighbors had me buy them their kids' homes or friends' homes. I mean, I did so much that way. And one thing I want to point out with you, because Vicky tends to hover in the – 800 to 1 2 range that seems to be i mean like yeah. the, actually i'm sorry 800 to 1 7 range yeah. this year like yeah. <laughs> no but i mean yeah. you were like real right I around the million dollar mark yeah. but i, I just meant that because your business is more like vicky tends to do you know 15 to 20 sales and 11 million right like right. they're they're usually a lot of higher end stuff but just cuz i like to point that cuz they may not know that about yeah. you I, but, do, I do a lot in Scottsdale. Yes. So um, I, I mix it up. Okay. I, so, you know, I, I just did one in Sun City West. I have another one in downtown Phoenix coming up. So. All right. So if anyone out there, we're going to wrap this up. Okay. So great job. So uh, again, number five is grit marketing. So number one, mentor this year. Two, flexibility. Three, procrastinator. Four, drink the Kool-Aid. And Vicky Semler delivered to us grit marketing. So... Vicki, is there, if someone wanted to reach out to you to ask you more questions about grit marketing, how can they reach you? Just give me a call. All right. What's your number? Uh, 480-620-7670. Awesome. Vicki, you are a fantastic guest. <laughs> I'm going to have you back soon. Thank you. We're the solution.